Politics in the United States continues to be an absolute dumpster fire as the left and the right go to war over Black Lives Matter and cancel culture, and President Trump finally speaks out in one of the best speeches he's given at Mount Rushmore. Welcome to Guard Nation. So, there's been absolute mayhem. If you have watched the news at all, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. There has been absolute crazy, crazy, crazy things happening in the United States. All of them political, all of them with Trump at the center, and not even with the coronavirus. The media has been promulgating the coronavirus up, 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 as they always do. They make the coronavirus seem much worse than it actually is, and they make it seem like the Republican states states that are run red are much worse than states that are run blue. And what's amazing too, while and I, I hadn't even planned to talk about the coronavirus, I just want to make a side note that there's been a as states have started to reopen, the media has jumped all over it and said, Oh my gosh, look at all these cases, look at all these these uh this increase in cases. Oh my gosh, look at and they're all in Republican states. Oh my gosh. Look at this. These are all Republican governors' fault. We told you not to reopen. You want to kill grandma. Okay, number one, do you want to know what state has the most cases? California. Calif- or, excuse me, the most increase in cases, that would be California, which last I checked is a blue state. And one of the states that has the most is New York, which is also a blue state. Virginia, which is a blue state. Pennsylvania, which is a blue state. Those are all Democrat states. They had very high upticks. And to be honest with you, it's not because the states, as you look at the data, it's not because the states are reopening. It's because people got out and protested. And the media said absolutely nothing about the coronavirus. They jumped all over these Republican states when they started to reopen saying, oh my gosh, how could you possibly do this? How could you possibly do this? They were absolutely silent when all the protests were going on about George Floyd. They did not get on people at all. They were not socially distancing and were standing out, um, you know, without masks and whatnot. So the hypocrisy of the media continues, and it has been a disaster. And the biggest point of contention right now is the Black Lives Matter movement and cancel culture. All right, so I wanted to kind of break down because I think a lot of people don't understand the Black Lives Matter movement. They hear the, t- the name Black Lives Matter, and they assume they know what Black Lives Matter is about. So I wanted to kind of today explain Black Lives Matter as a movement, my personal opinion on it, and cancel culture, and then we'll move on to um, Trump's response with his speech at Mount Rushmore and the 2016 election, and we'll probably end there. So first of all, Black Lives Matter started back in 2016. When you hear the term Black Lives Matter, you the reason, or you typically what the normal response was for people was to say all lives matter. That's what most people started to say was all lives matter. And I sometimes think it's not appropriate to say all lives matter because with the Black Lives Matter movement, like the entire point of the Black Lives Matter movement is, well, I want to say, that as it started, not as it is now, as it started, was to say that Black Lives Matter too. That yes, all lives matter. Of course they do. But you cannot forget about Black Lives Matter. That our lives, not mine, I'm, I'm white, but 
black lives matter too. They matter along with all lives. And you cannot, with police shootings and, you know, things that are going on that, that are, uh, that allegedly disproportionately affect black people, even though there's no evidence to support that, no empirical, or excuse me, no data to support that whatsoever. The movement was black lives matter. And if you really wanted to create a name that was that was more appropriate that the movement should be called black lives matter too if it was called black lives matter too then i think people would understand what the movement's about because that's that was or as it started was that black lives matter along with all other lives so the problem the problem that i have with the black lives matter movement as it started i've got a lot more problems with it now was because if you're going to say things, something like that, which to me is very obvious, you know, if you're even if the movement was named Black Lives Matter too, well, of course Black Lives Matter too. Most people think that Black Lives Matter too. If you want to name your movement Black Lives Matter, then that comes with the assumption that there's a large swath of the population that thinks that Black Lives don't matter, and I do not think that's true. There's no data to back that up. Culturally, we are not like that. You know, I mean... Some of the biggest role models in this country, you know, not politically, but I mean, athletes are a, high, a very high percentage of them are African American. You know, there there's not a a major, you know, there's not a. Uh, I, I do not believe that most people may, you know, as a general rule, look down on Black lives and say, yeah, Black lives don't matter. That's ridiculous. Most people think, yes, of course, Black lives matter. So that was the that was the problem that I have with the Black Lives Matter movement. If you're going to say the Black Lives Matter, that comes with the assumption that most people don't think that Black Lives Matter, and I don't think that's true. So the movement already, as it started, was not as legitimate for me. The problem that I have with it now is that it's moved way beyond that. Way, way beyond that. It's way past Black Lives Matter from their website, and I'm quoting. <coughs> Excuse me. This is what Black Lives Matter now hopes to achieve. Dismantling imperialism, capitalism, white supremacy, patriarchy, and the state structures that disproportionately harm black people. Imperialism? The American empire, which we don't really have an empire. Their empires don't really exist anymore. That You want to dismantle imperialism? Capitalism? You want to dismantle capitalism? Which is what makes this as Western nations, which is what makes them great. Capitalism is one of the strongest driving forces of, of successful countries. You need only look at countries that suck, that, like North Korea. But the best example is North Korea versus South Korea. North Korea is a communist dictatorship. South Korea is a capitalist democracy. And look at the difference in between North and South Korea. Which one of those do you think is doing better? South Korea is one of the most powerful nations in the world. North Korea is not. North Korea's people are starving. So, capitalism, according to Black Lives Matter, must be dismantled. Imperialism must be dismantled. White supremacy, no problem with that. Patriarchy, meaning uh, and uh, men and uh, men having power, um, and state structures that disproportionately harm black people. We, which that is a very very vague statement. So, Black Lives Matter now is way way past what it initially began and that's why a lot of people are having issues with it today but it does not matter it did not stop mayor bill de blasio from painting black lives matter in yellow letters right in front of trump tower because as we all know i'm pretty sure lincoln said it himself 
that if you want to stop racism, paint Black Lives Matter on the streets of the United States and racism will be solved. That's a direct quote from Lincoln, by the way. Just kidding, it's not. Because he knew better. Because it doesn't do anything to help racism. That's all political pandering. Mayor Bill de Blasio, Bill de Blasio excuse me, in New York City is one of the world's worst about it. All this pandering has been absolutely terrible. It along with cancel culture. Now, the left right now is doing two things. Number one, they're saying that cancel culture does not exist. If you do not know what cancel culture is, that is where the Twitter mob, if you say something, the best example is Drew Brees. Drew Brees said something that the Twitter mob did not like. He said that he wanted to stand for the national anthem because he had a lot of pride that his family had served uh, served in the military during World War II, and he that's what he thought about. That's when he put his hand over his heart and sang the national anthem. Um, and he got blasted on Twitter and actually had to, and really by all kinds of people, and put out these half-hearted apologies to try and make it all better. That is cancel culture. Now, the left will have you believe that cancel culture does not exist. That's not a real thing. No, it's not a real thing. We don't do that to people. What are you talking about? Except there's an example after example after example after example of it happening. People's lives being ruined because they tweeted something homophobic when they were 15 years old or they dressed up in blackface 30 years ago. Which hilariously, like Ralph Northam, the governor of, of uh, Virginia, who dressed up, there was a picture in his high school year or his uh, college yearbook of him. It's a picture of a guy dressed up as a KKK member and dressed up as as a blackface together. And he said that he couldn't remember which one that he was in the picture. So he was either dressed up in blackface or he was dressed up as a KKK guy in full garb, which was hilarious because he's a Democrat. But that, along with cancel culture, all of these issues pushed President Trump finally, finally, because one of my biggest criticisms of him is that he has been way too quiet. Finally, President Trump gave a speech at Mount Rushmore, and the speech was one of the best of his presidency. Um, I was going to play audio clips of it, but I I don't want to drag out the podcast to be super long. So I'll let you, if you want to listen to it, you can. But President Trump's speech was very good. And I mean, in a nutshell, he was just talking. He said some things that were kind of out there. He said that kids were learning that to, you know, to disrespect. Kids were being taught in schools to disrespect founding fathers and to look down on them. And that... There are teachers that do that, but that is certainly not in the curriculum. That's not a widespread issue in the United States. So, I mean, in schools, anyway. It is from the media, but it is not in schools. So he said, like, some outlandish things. But overall, the whole thing was just celebrating founding principles, saying that we, we're a country that was founded on the ideas of individual liberty on based on Judeo-Christian values, and that we, even though we have not always lived up to those values, our principles are very strong. And we have been working ever since to try and live up to our principles that we were founded on. And Trump's speech, like I said, was very good. You know, he called out people who were um, toppling statues and people that were, you know, defacing monuments and, and doing all these awful things and uh, these mobs that were running around and taking over cities like what was going on in Seattle. Um so it was a good speech, but of course the left absolutely lost their minds. CNN ran an article, and I wish I, I really wish that you would go and listen to it. I think the speech is about 45 minutes. I wish you would listen to the speech because the speech is one of the most uncontroversial speeches that Trump has ever given. It's all It was just a speech celebrating America. He It wasn't controversial at all. He was just talking about all the great things about America. So CNN, in, in, its, in its 
Infinite Wisdom runs an article by its editor-at-large for the 28 most outrageous lines from Donald Trump's Mount Rushmore speech. And let and this is one of the most ridiculous articles I have ever read. Okay, number one, and I'm not going to go down through all 28. I wanted to go down through just a couple of them. This is number one. This was the controversial thing that Trump said, one of the things out of the 28 that Trump said in his speech. Quote, this is Trump saying this. Let us also send our deepest thanks to our wonderful veterans, law enforcement and first responders, and the doctors, nurses, and scientists working tirelessly to kill the virus. Let me say that again and see if you can hear the controversial part of it. Let us also send our deepest thanks to our wonderful veterans, law enforcement, first responders, and the doctors, nurses, and scientists working tirelessly to kill the virus. Did you hear anything controversial there? No, I didn't either. I didn't hear anything controversial. That was totally fine. But it doesn't matter. Going down, this was number five. This is probably the last one that I'll go. Number five uh, out of the list of 28. Quote, this was Trump's speech. Quote, angry mobs are trying to tear down statues of our founders, deface our most sacred materials, memorials, excuse me, and unleash a wave of violent crime in our cities. Why, why is that? What's wrong with that, CNN? That's absolutely true. Are you seriously making the argument that there are not mobs of people that are defacing monuments? Because you need only watch videos of that happening. Of course that's happening. Why, CNN, why are you saying that that's an outrageous thing that he said? That's absolutely true what he said. That's absolutely true. Let me see if there was one more that I wanted to say in here. Okay, last one. And I want to actually read the response that the CNN article put. This was number eight on the list out of 28. Trump's quote. Quote, we will expose the dangerous movement, protect our, this dangerous movement, talking about cancel culture. We will expose this dangerous, and, and people tearing down statues. We will expose this dangerous movement, protect our nation's children, end this radical assault, and preserve our beloved American way of life. And so the article responds to that quote saying, Again, Trump leans heavily on fear. The left is going to ruin your children if you let it. Obviously making fun of Trump there. Uh, I know that CNN's editor-at-large is not telling us, telling us that Trump is leaning on fear. CNN routinely runs the, CN, or the coronavirus deaths and says that Trump is wanting to kill grandma because he's wanting to reopen the country or because he wants kids back in the classrooms. In August, even though kids are the absolute safest, kids are the absolute safest from the coronavirus by the numbers. The flu is more dangerous to children than the coronavirus. Trump just wants kids back in in schools. And you're telling me that Trump is the one who leans on fear? That would be CNN that leans on fear. And so all of this happening, you know, it Trump... It, it's not going anywhere. I mean, it's, it's being awful. And the thing that's really rough for President Trump is that this is an election year. Okay, President Trump has to show leadership here. You know, I've been very critical of the president. I thought when Seattle, when all the riots and the mobs were going on uh, about George Floyd, you know, President Trump, I don't think, handled that very well. President Trump should have flexed his, flexed his muscles of the federal government and said, that, I mean, if I were him, this is exactly what I would have said. Mayors and governors, it's up to you. 
if you need anything from the federal government from me as president, I will give it to you. You just ask, and I will give it to you for you to put down these riots. Okay? You have 72 hours. If you cannot put down these riots, then I'm going to take action as commander-in-chief, and I will put down these riots. I'm going to invoke the Insurrection Act, and I'm going to put down these riots myself. But Trump didn't do that. He just tweeted. Trump just tweeted constantly. Now, of course, it died down on its own. But Trump kind of showed weakness there, and I was very critical of him. But, of course, we're going into the 2016 election, and I wanted to give the most recent news on that. So the last time that I gave a podcast, I talked about... Um, or I, I don't know if it was last time or the time before, but I talked about the most recent poll results, and I said that Joe Biden was up on Trump 8 points. Now he's up 12 points. That is a commanding lead, a commanding lead, so much so that Joe Biden actually has leeway here. Now, he's been pretty quiet. Joe Biden's people have been keeping him quiet, not putting him in front of the camera very much because he doesn't need to be in front of the camera. He messes up constantly. You know, he's very old, and you can tell it. His people are kind of hiding him, which is why you haven't seen a whole lot of Joe Biden. You won't see him a whole lot throughout the election cycle. And so President Trump, President Trump is going to want to debate Joe Biden, of course, and of course that he would. He's going to want to debate Joe Biden because Joe Biden probably wouldn't do very well in a debate. Trump does very well in debates. But Joe Biden may not debate him because, number one, he doesn't have to. He's already up 12 points. I mean, as it sits right now, this, this gap could widen. He's already up 12 points in the polls. Why would he debate Trump? He doesn't need to. Whose mind is he, does Joe Biden have to change right now? He's up 12 points. Number one. Number two, if Trump tries to call him a coward for not debating, all Joe Biden needs to say is, okay, Trump, why haven't you released your tax returns? Because the Supreme Court, if you did not know, the Supreme Court just a few days ago uh, ruled that President Trump, it kind of kicked back the decision. It, it's very complicated, but in a nutshell... It kicked the decision back in a 7-2 ruling. Trump's own Supreme Court pick, two of them, uh, Justice Kavanaugh and Justice Gorsuch, both of them ruled against President Trump on that. He, he, Those are his own Supreme Court picks, and they ruled against Trump saying, yes, that President Trump can be subpoenaed for his um, tax documents, for his tax return documents, that he is not above the law. And so it's, got, it's been kicked back to the lower courts. What's good for Trump is that um, because it's been kicked back to the lower courts, we're already in July here. Before November, we probably, you know, more than likely, we're not going to see his tax returns before the, the uh, 2020 election. I keep saying 2016. I'm sorry, 2020 election. We're not going to see the, the his tax returns. And obviously what's bad for him is because he's hiding them so much, he's obviously got something to hide. Joe Biden is going to club him with that and tell him, as I would, I would say, look, I'm up on you. You want to debate me? Fine. Release your tax returns. If you release your tax returns, I will debate you because I don't have to. I'm up on you in the polls. You need me to debate you. I don't need you. And so that's the current state of American politics as they stand right now. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, feel free to do so. You can follow me on Twitter at Show. Or you can send me an email at guardnation at gmail.com. Thank you to those of you who have already sent me um, emails. I really appreciate you guys asking me questions. If you would like to um, have a question answered, go right ahead. I will just tell me what name that you want to be known by, and I will name drop you on the uh, on the program and answer your questions. I have no problem with that. And hopefully, hopefully, by the time that there's another podcast which I know, and I apologize for the break. It was about three or four weeks in between. But hopefully, 
by the time that you hear my next podcast, the country will be in a better shape. Thank you for listening to Guard Nation.